Hello, mamas, and welcome back to episode two in our Aware Parenting podcast series, where we talk all about self-care and compassion as a mother. Enjoy. Hey, mama, I'm sending you wonderful pregnancy vibes. It's time for you to guide you through. Let's take some time for you. It's pregnancy with Hello, mamas, and welcome back to the Pregnancy with Physio Laura podcast. I so hope wherever you are that you're having a wonderful day and that you have the space and the time to really dive into today's episode because it's a goodie. So this is episode two in our Aware Parenting podcast series with the incredible Lael Stone, and we are talking today all about you, you, mama, the, the leader of the house, the captain of the ship how we can do self-care and compassion as a mother because that's such an important part of this conversation. In episode one, if you haven't already listened to it, absolutely go check it out. We talk all about raising resilient and compassionate children. So it's all about the kids and how we can really approach parenting in a way that nurtures and fosters true resilience and safe spaces for feelings. But that's all well and good to talk about what we can do to raise these epic humans But we've got to look after ourselves first, right? That's such a key part of it. You cannot pour from an empty cup. So how can we look after us so that we can be the best parents that we want to be? Okay, because if it's give, 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 we're going to be depleted. So we need to really honor ourselves, look after ourselves first and lean into being really kind, compassionate and giving to ourselves as well. So you're going to love this episode with Lael today. And don't forget we have The third and final one coming out next week, all about holding boundaries. So please do subscribe to the Pregnancy with Physio Laura podcast if you haven't already so that you don't miss any of these episodes that get released. So in today's episode with Lael, we are going to cover the importance of focusing on ourselves, our story of origin and our imprints as a mother and why that might influence how we parent our children and what comes up for us and why we feel triggered sometimes and why we get angry and rageful and all of those things, looking at where have we come from and really acknowledging and being curious with what's coming up for us when our children do things or say things and um, really being able to work through that. We also talk about holding boundaries and the importance of meeting your own needs first and how Lael defines self-care for herself and how it doesn't always need to be grandiose and big and, and whatnot, and how self-care is about honoring, honoring your needs first. So this is a really beautiful chat with Lael, and I think it's, it's definitely one that we all need to have as mothers because, again, like we said in episode one, it's so great to raise these beautiful children, but we can only do that when we ourselves are filled up and satisfied and loved on, and we've got to do that ourselves a lot of the time. We can't just rely on other people to do that for us. It needs to come from within too. So. I so hope you love this chat. Please let me know what you think of this episode over at Physio Laura. Let me know what you got out of it. And please go and connect with Lael if you love what she speaks about. She is at Lael Stone over on Instagram. She's a wealth of knowledge in the aware parenting space, but also in the birth space. She was a doula in her past life. She's got three incredible children and she just speaks really, really well to so many topics that range from babies to pregnancy to birth to teenagers. So It really covers so many bases for anyone listening to this podcast. So enjoy, ladies. Now, I would talk about this all day, but I want to pivot slightly. Everything you're speaking about is beautiful and wonderful. And in theory, 
I think, relatively easy and makes sense. But when you haven't been modeled this and you don't know how to hold space for yourself or to let yourself feel the feelings, it can be really hard to hold space for kids. And this is why I love how you guys speak about aware parenting because it's not about give, 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 give to your kids and hold space for your kids and do all this for your kids at abandoning yourself. Like it's not martyrdom. It's not give, give, give and don't look after you. It's the both have to happen together. So you need to be doing what you're doing for your kids with yourself as well, because otherwise it doesn't work. So I wanted you to speak to the mother now and the mother that is reparenting and the mother that's trying to hold space for herself because she's now learning to hold space for her Mm. kids. Could you maybe speak to where she might start if she's never felt her feelings Mm. before? Yeah. I love that you're bringing this up, Laura, because it is, it is vital. We cannot parent in this way of deep connection and listening if you don't take care of your needs. It's impossible. It is impossible to do because there's a lot of giving and there's a lot of listening. And when we are holding spaces like that, we also need to be heard. We also need to be listened to. And I find that the first place to start is to be super curious as to what it might have been like for you when you were little. And you might go to your parent and go, you know, what what happened when I cried when I was younger or what did that look like? And your parents might have a story or not. Or if they go, I can't remember, you can watch how they are with your own children. That often usually gives you a bit of an indication of where it might be. Or you can presume, you know, you can sometimes, I think, tune into your own body of get a sense of what it might have felt like for you. You know, I think children that were often left alone to cry or maybe they were smacked if they were being naughty. There is often a huge panic that happens in their bodies when when somebody cries and there's an urgency to stop it at all costs, which is totally understandable because as a little person, if you cried and it wasn't okay and you got hit or you got in trouble, then that part of you gets activated and then that is often what turns up in the adult space. And so we do everything we can to stop it or to power over uh, and so it's really understandable and we have to hold so much compassion for ourselves in in that, in the awareness of where that sits in our own stories. So the first thing I often say is be curious. What do you think was your story growing up? What do you think your imprint was? You know, were was your parents, um, were they just super hypervigilant all the time? Were they like, you know, nothing can happen to you and, and were you given a message of you can't trust anything and be really careful all the time? And is that is that still present in you now? Or was it in your family of origin, feelings and emotions weren't all right? You had to be happy all the time. And so the way to deal with that is people just check it out all the time. There's a lot of disassociation and there's a lot of like numbing because it's not okay to feel some of the hard stuff. It's interesting to be curious to start off with what was modeled to me? What was the language in my home around this? Now, I know from working with thousands of parents, the main language spoken was feelings are not okay. <laughs> That's pretty much what most of us got, those message. Or maybe tears were okay, but anger was not. Or there's different degrees in different families. So I think the first thing is be curious. Where is it sit within you? And what feelings pop up for you? So when your baby is upset or your toddler's really mad or what are, what are the thoughts that go through your head? What is the reactions in your body? Be really curious. No judgment. No judgment. Just be curious as to what is there. Because from the curiosity, we can begin to piece together a bit of a story as to what was what happened to us when we were younger, but also how that still lands in our bodies right now. So when we can kind of piece a bit of that together, then we can start doing some work around, all right, well, what did I probably want to happen when I was younger that I didn't get? 
you know, if I got locked in my room when I was upset, well, what would I have wanted? Well, I probably would have wanted an adult who was calm to come in and say, oh, sweetheart, it sounds like you've had a really big day. Tell me about it or whatever it is that we needed. And what we can start to do, and this is a little bit about reparenting, is we can take the adult us and have conversation with the younger parts of us. So the four-year-old that was, you know, placed in their bedroom or the 10-year-old that did feel really misunderstood or whatever it is, we can kind of meet those younger parts and just feel how that felt for them. And, you know, I often would imagine the younger parts of Lael sitting beside me and I would say to them, what was that like for you? And I'd, I'd imagine or feel the four-year-old part of me going, I don't like that and that's not fair and I wish it didn't look like that. And I would be like, yeah, keep going. Tell me more. <laughs> like it feels rough as a four-year-old being shut down. And then, and then often I find the reparenting is loving on that younger part of us as a child in a way that we didn't get. So it's bringing the wise adult part of us to this picture and saying, I'm so sorry, sweetie, that you didn't get what you needed and I'm listening. And we start loving on ourselves from that deeper inner place, which starts to heal some of the story that we have sitting there. Mm. Now, that can be really tricky to do on your own. Some people like to journal that. Some people might need to do that in therapy. Sometimes we might need a listening partner or someone who can be on the other end of the phone who can hold that space for us to do it. Sometimes it's just starting with being curious and thinking about it. But what I do know from doing this work for a really long time is our wounds will show up in parenting whether we like it or not because parenting is the biggest direct mirror we have to our own psyches. And so when our child isn't doing what we want them to do and we start to get angry, that is about us. That is for us to deal with. It is never a child's job to be emotionally responsible for an adult ever, ever right? It is not a child's job to be good to make my life better. It is always our job to look at our own work, to lean into our own stories so we can turn up and be, you know, the best version of ourselves if possible. Our kids are here as beautiful teachers. They're here to say, hey, mum, you got a whole story around, you know, trust or dad, you got a story around betrayal. I'm just going to behave in a certain way where it's going to stir up those feelings. And here's your opportunity to deal with that because here's the thing, I don't want to carry your baggage forward because whether you know it or not, if you don't deal with it, you're going to place it on my shoulders and I don't want that. So I'm just going to give you an opportunity here to do some growth work. So, so the bottom line is always this, when we have a reaction, now sometimes the reaction is, God, I'm tired or I really need to eat or I am touched out, I need a break. And we meet that need and then we're okay. But when we are having a lot of reaction, when we are yelling a lot, it is an invitation for us to get some support it's an invitation for us to lean into our stories a little bit more. And, and for me, I see it as this, it is the best gift you can give your children. Our kids do not need the fanciest toys. They don't even need to go to the best schools. They just need parents who are emotionally aware and are willing to do their work. Because when you do that, then you are going to turn up and be present for them. And then a child can cope with most things in life if there is one safe adult that they get to bring their feelings towards. So in order to do this reparenting work, we need to take care of ourselves. We need to have time. We need to, you know, go speak to someone sometimes. We we need to take care of our needs in order to turn up and be the parent that we want to be because it's impossible to be that calm, anchored parent when you are exhausted, when you are not meeting your own needs. It's I I tried for many years and failed badly at it, so I can tell you. If we don't take care of you first, then you're not going to be able to do what you want to do with you, with your kiddos. Yeah, 100%.
I love the curiosity piece. Um, we joked about this at the workshop, but um, I and many other women, we almost like froth off the idea of getting triggered these days because we know there's something in it for us. And I think it's a bit sick, but when you first start, <laughs> it can be really hard. But then when you realize that it's this really beautiful opportunity, like you termed it, you go, wow, this is great. This is where the work is. This is where I'm not yet free. I know my middle daughter was sent to me to like press on every button that I ever had ever. And initially that was really hard for me. And then when I stopped and just like went, you know what, she was sent here for me to try and work through all these things. Uh, it's been really beautiful. So yeah, I love the curiosity piece. It can feel overwhelming, but if all you start with is what am I making this mean about me and where is this coming from? And like all those prompts that you gave, I think that's a really beautiful place to start. Now you talk about getting your needs met and mm. I know I put a call out recently on my social media talking about self-care and talking about needs. And I know this came up in the workshop too, but getting your needs met is really challenging for women, right? Particularly mothers. What do you feel, you know, you've worked with thousands of women. What are the main challenges that come up for women that are in front of them getting their needs met? And maybe some advice that you have around women who are struggling to get their needs met. Yeah. So I kind of step it back a bit to what is the belief systems we have around getting our needs met because we all have an imprint around self-care or about meeting your own needs. And so the first place, again, is to go back to your family of origin and what did you watch? What did you watch your mother do around meeting her needs? What did you watch your grandmother do? What did you watch your father do? Like were you modelled a woman, particularly if we're talking about mothers for the moment, who really valued their self-care, who took time to process, who was really had some beautiful boundaries around taking care of her own needs? Or did you grow up in a family with a mother who was a martyr, who put everyone else's needs first and then was like passive aggressive underneath the surface? You know, did you grow up in a family of origin like mine, where I came from these really amazing, strong women, but the message was this, unless you're doing four things at once, you're lazy. So for me, when I was a mum, um, I never had any self-care in those first few years because my belief system was, no, 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 if you stop, you're lazy and you can't be lazy, so keep going. So I think the first thing is that we we need to really tune into what our stories are around it because if we do have a big block around what we make it mean in getting our needs met, then we are going to often sabotage getting our needs met. You know, we're going to be often have a story of like, I'm too busy or no one could look after my kids or we can't afford it or you know, and sometimes what sits behind that story is it doesn't feel safe enough for me to have self-care because I don't trust someone to look after my child, which is really understandable, right? Or or we don't have money or, you know, there's often those stories there. And all of those stories can be valid and true. But I really invite women to be curious as to what do we make it mean? Because I do believe that possibility always exists. You know, self-care doesn't have to be going and having a massage every second week. Self-care can just be having a bath by yourself. Self-care can be picking some flowers when you go for a walk. Self-care can be rubbing beautiful oil on yourself, you know, just nourishes you. Self-care can be chatting to a listening partner or a friend just to have a debrief of what you find tricky in parenting. It can look like so many different things. And I think the key piece that I often find is about we need to work through our stories around it. Now, I had absolutely rubbish self-care for the first few years of um, of mothering because I had that strong story that said, no, you don't stop because if you do, then you'll be lazy. So, you know, I kind of was waiting for my husband to come home and give me permission to have self-care, which was crazy. 
And when I finally admitted all that, he's like, just tell me when you want, you can do whatever you want. But I still had this block around, I can't do it, you know, because how will it be seen or whatever. And so I had to kind of practice and and learn to go, hey, I can take two hours to myself. And guess what? The world keeps turning and my children are okay. And the more I delved into doing something like we're parenting, the more I realized it was a non-negotiable. I cannot not take care of my needs because if I don't take care of my needs, then I'm grumpy and I yell and I'm not the mum I want to be. And so it became an act of self-love. It became a claiming of myself to take care of my needs. I, everyone benefits when I take care of myself. Everyone. I find that mums often set the tone in the family and if she's not doing well, then no one's doing well. And so I really began to see that this was a non-negotiable. And more than that, you know, I had two daughters and I was like, what am I modeling to them, right? Because I grew up being watching women who did not take care of their needs. I do not want my daughters to do that. So there's no way they are going to have this beautiful relationship self-care unless they see it, unless they see it modeled. And so I was like, right, I'm going to do it for them as well as myself. And I began to really model what that looked like and take care of my needs and my body. And they do beautifully now doing that themselves because they really honor and cherish and tune into, I need quiet or I need to do this or I need to do that instead of keeping on hustling or keeping on moving. So I think the thing is, it's really good. We all have a different story to self-care. And I think it's beautiful to lean into first. What do I make it mean? What is the story? What was I shown around this? What do I want my children to do around self-care? Am I modeling that? If I'm not, what would that look like to start? And and where can I start that just actually changes a bit of an imprint around knowing that I'm worthy of having this and loving myself enough to to give it to myself? I think there there's a few nuances in that to um, explore. It's not just about, okay, I'm going to book a massage once a month. That's not self-care really. I mean, it's lovely, mm-hmm. but it's a, more of an ongoing How do I meet my needs here? Mm, I love that so much. I was having a real moment this morning knowing I was about to interview you and thinking about how different my communication around my needs is these days. And I had a rubbish sleep last night because my son was just restless as I woke up feeling agitated and just like low energy and just, I could just tell I was just like irritated from the get-go. And... In the past, my default was like, I'd get irritated, I'd project it onto my husband, I'd make it about him because, you know, it's easier to push that on him and then I'd get grumpy and then like we'd be grumpy at each other and then he'd go to work and then I'd just feel grumpy all day because, Mm -hmm. you know, I've just gone and pissed off someone else, you know, just to try and (laughs) project my feelings anywhere other than here. (laughs) Anyway. So instead, what I did this morning is I spoke to my husband. I was like, yeah, I had a crappy sleep. And he said, because now we're in the really good dialogue of doing this, he's like, what do you need? And I was like, if you could just give my shoulders like a five-minute massage before you leave for work, because I felt a lot of tension and, you know, like Mm. my neck and shoulders. Anyway, he gave me a massage. We had a chat while he was giving me a massage. The kids, like I was happy for them to still be crawling all over me because I was getting my needs met Mm. as opposed to 10 minutes earlier. I was finding it really hard to have them touching me because I was feeling really irritated. And guess what? I've had a ripper day because mm-hmm. I started the day on a total opposite foot to Laura of even like six months ago. This is still super fresh to me. And it was just a really beautiful remembering, again, knowing that I was interviewing you today to just be like, I had such a beautiful morning. It took five minutes from my husband's time to help me meet my needs. I got to express myself and communicate it. 
And I feel fantastic now just because I got to say, hey, I'm feeling a bit grumpy because I had a bad sleep. Like sometimes even just Mm. saying that as opposed to like in the past, I would have just been like soldier on, you got to get on with it and, you know, no time to win sort of mentality. And Mm. I feel so much better for just saying how I feel now. And I just really wanted to thank you because that's a huge part of me feeling better in mothering is that I feel like I could communicate my needs so much clearer now. And I think so much of it is because I started with my kids and trying to understand how are they feeling and tell me all about it. And then I realized, oh, I've got to do the same for me. I've got to really sit with what am I feeling right now? And can I communicate my needs as well as my kids do? Because they're really good at telling me what they need. (laughs) And I found myself slightly resentful at the beginning because I was like, oh, I'm just holding space for all these people but who holds space for me? And then I kind of went, well, no, that's your job, Laura. Like you've got to hold that space for you and have clear communication. And that's been a huge transformation for me personally. And I really thank you for helping me understand that. Hey, mamas, I so hope you feel all juiced up and loved up and ready to go out and look after yourselves after listening to that episode. I am getting so much better personally at self-care and defining what self-care looks like for me. And it used to be the big grandiose things. And now I've recognized that I can fill my cup up and I can look after me in micro doses throughout the day with my children still around. And I know the importance of it because I know what it feels like to parent from an empty cup or a resentful cup or anger or like, oh, you know, but what about me? And that never feels good. And I never give the right energy to my family when I'm from that place. Whereas when I truly feel filled up and I've communicated my needs and, you know, like I've told myself I'm important and I matter too. I parent from a much better space. I wife from a much better space. I do everything from a much better space. So I'd love to know what you got out of today's episode. Please jump on over to at Physio Laura and let me know what were your biggest takeaways from this episode. What are you going to start implementing at home to really make sure that you look after you? I think this is such an important conversation to have. So share it far and wide to your friends, to your sisters, to your mom, to your grandma, and let's start looking after us properly. Now, if you'd also like to connect with Leo, which I'm sure you will, please find her at Leo Stone. She's a wealth of knowledge and that she has so many offerings that you can follow up if you want to learn more from her in this space. She really is wonderful. I don't know how many times I can say that, but And if you want to connect with me further and dive into my world more where I can help you in pregnancy, I have the online program, The Pregnancy Posse. We have had thousands of pregnant women through this program and the feedback and reviews are incredible. Women enjoying moving their body, you know, in 10 to 15 minute bite-sized, easy at home workouts, women learning to understand their pelvic floor better, women managing their pelvic pain better, preparing for labor and birth better. So many wonderful things inside my membership program. So please, if that feels good for you, if you're in pregnancy right now and you're needing to look after yourself a little bit better, practice self-care like what we spoke about in the podcast, come and join us inside The Pregnancy Posse. You can find out more at thepregnancyposse.com. And remember to subscribe to the Pregnancy with Physio Laura podcast so you don't miss next week's episode, episode three in the Aware Parenting podcast series, because we're going to be chatting about holding boundaries, something I realized I was very bad at. So I'll catch you next week, ladies.